Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Determination comes in many forms, but always starts with a Dunkin' Run. So take your medium or larger coffee in one hand and grab a dollar donut in the other. No matter how you run, Dunkin' Run. A one dollar donut with any medium or larger coffee. Excludes specialty donuts and fancies. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. I'd like to welcome into all my block podcasts and my social host of mine, along with my good friend and teammate Mike Wall. Man, Mike, how you doing? GG, I'm doing great, bud. Good to be here. All right, all right. So yeah, I'd like to before we get the show started. Like I said, I want to make it uh, announcement to Happy Martin Luther King Jr. birthday and uh, our day, and now a day that's been I say went a long time without being acknowledged, and so. Now we're actually acknowledging it here in the, in the, in the, in the United States where it's days off from school, days off of work, but to honor what the man did along with other activists during the 60s to keep the ball rolling in terms of change for civil rights and the uh, whole civil rights movement and everything that's still going on today, Mike. So to everyone listening in, we got some playoff talk coming down the line next. And we had a big weekend. They call it the Super Wild Card Weekend. And it is not over yet. We still have a game tonight against the Rams and the Cardinals. Big a- uh, NFC matchup in the playoffs, so that's going to be big fun. But the weekend was we had the Patriots winning big or losing big. I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, oh my God, Bengals doing yeah, Bengals doing well against them, and then uh, Pittsburgh and Kansas City. You know, Ben getting his walk off game because we know that this is pretty much the end for him. <laughs> walk off is right. <laughs> <laughs> right, and uh, and then the biggest game and the most interesting game of the day of the weekend i think for both of us was the 49ers and the cowboys game because obviously that winner um or actually the winner is now going to lambeau coming here to green bay wisconsin where i am at and uh it was that so let's let's get into that game man i mean that cowboys game 49ers game from the jump was it was interesting to say the least i'll say i'll start off with that (laughs) dude they're they're really good listen it's so much fun for guys like you and me the playoffs right now, like everyone, you know, you can go to national media. We're going to talk about it. Like Joe Burrow had, had had a good day. Mahomes had a day. Allen had a day. But, like, when I'm watching these games, especially this game, dude, football is back. We're playing smash mouth football. Offensive lines matter. Defensive lines matter. Like, trench warfare matters. Like, the, mm-hmm. the Niners, who were, the guys who are coming, won that game not because of their quarterback. Right, because of because of their because of their offensive defensive lines, you know, the ability to to withstand pressure, to get pressure, to create a new line of scrimmage, the things that a guy like Diego Samuel can do out of the backfield and the slot wherever. 
running game was on point. Like they have, yeah. they have a the old school formula for winning football is it's a it doesn't look exactly the same, but the formula is is coming back right, and they're winning yeah. games with with a guy who's like. You probably got. I don't want to call him a game manager, like a very capable quarterback, but not a superstar. And, and Garoppolo—that's what you be referring yeah, to there. For me, man, yeah. I, I love. Like, I think they're a super tough out. But like you said, like you, you you were saying earlier with the, the Cowboys game, it's amazing that the Cowboys can. I mean, at, by the time that kickoff happened, I'll bet you half the country thought the Cowboys were going to lose that game. You know what I mean? It's like almost. <laughs> okay. we talk, it's almost like they got talked into losing. Like the way the week went. And then just the confidence that the Niners came out with, the physicality that the Niners came out with. And the Cowboys didn't really – I mean, honestly, they didn't really respond until Garoppolo gave them a freebie. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was something to where they were still stuck in some, like, pause mode, basically, you know, that first drive for the Cowboys defense and then the Cowboys offense once they came back on the, uh, came out on the field after the 49ers went right down to four, marched down 15 – their 15 play script um, and this score, you know, made it real, made, made it look real easy. And, and I also agree with you, the confidence of the 49ers offense and the confidence of the defense, you know, rushing for the pretty much the whole game get, and then getting getting in with four. They didn't have to blitz a whole lot. The blitzing came when they needed to to put on a little bit more pressure. But overall, the whole game, they had they rushed for on defense. They ran the bar heavily on offense, stayed in that double tight end set. Um, motioning here and there with the tight ends or with the receivers in the backs out of the backfield. Elijah Mitchell, that young running back, was a fifth, sixth round pick coming in off the bench with, through the injuries of the running backs they had throughout the season was phenomenal. He would, what he had like 20, like almost 20 carries, almost 100 yards rushing. Yep. And that's what you want. You know, you've got two guys basically in that offensive backfield between Debo and Elijah Mitchell that's going to tote the rock. I mean, Debo is Debo. He's he's a he's a he's, he's he's a receiver, but he has that he has that Aquan Bolden built basically. You remember Aquan Bolden? He was a big receiver, but wasn't a. I mean, when you looked at him, you like man, that's a running back playing wide receiver, and this is Debo, you know, and reincarnated there, running the rock the way they are outside toss plays to him. That were I say the most successful plays when they did that one swing. Um, I say orbit motion arena football style and getting him the ball and then just getting to the edge, you know, and then 49ers defense having the push even with or without Bosa being in the game, they still was getting in there with Armstead and in the middle with the big guys. It was just something that was impressive. And for the defense, I say for the Cowboys offensive line and overall, I say offensively, they just never really got in full stride, got in their stride of how they um, should have been playing because it was something like kind of, it was what I saw when I saw Denver come down there two months ago in October, um, yeah. came to uh, Dallas stadium and just put, you know, basically put it on them in their stadium. So that was the, I say that was a physical part of the game, but then the mental part of the game, the, the IQ of the game was also parts of the game that, that helped the Cowboys lose also on uh, yesterday as well. Yeah. It's like, it's like what I say, like they just can't, it's like the Cowboys can't change their stripes right now. And mm -hmm. it seems like every year you're always talking about how to, you know, like, first of all, I think it would be extremely difficult to coach or to play on the Dallas Cowboys because their owner shines such a bright light on that organization that we talk about good players as if they're world beaters. We talk about average players as if they're good players. Like we elevate 
some of their guys to a status they really don't deserve. Mm-hmm. Right. If, if, you, if you get what I mean. And the, the yep. pressure that comes with it, and you got to be able to live with the pressure. It's part of the deal. It's part of, part of being a Dallas Cowboy. But you yep. do have to live with a pressure that's probably different than every other place. When I watch that game, first of all, I think they should never, with, with the amount of resources you have on the offensive line, they should not be, there should not be free guys coming through on, on pretty simple TT stunts, TTE stunts, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're too good for uh, you. You should be too good for that at this point. The left guard got the break speed off him yesterday. I, I don't yeah. even know his name, man. He just got absolutely manhandled, um, and it seemed like it just kept it just like it just kept happening in inopportune times. Not that there's an opportune time, but it just you know the the Niners are playing on their side of the line of scrimmage more often than not. And when you talk about, you knew the game was going to turn. You knew Jimmy Garoppolo was going to give up the bag. You knew he was going to make a mistake. He always – like, it's, that's his narrative, right? Like, he looks great, he looks great, he looks great, he throws a pick. He looks great, right. he gives the ball away. He miss, he misses the double move to the corner. And you're just going like, how did you miss that, right? And at the end of – that was the most ridiculous ending to a game I think I've seen in a while. You start oh, with sure. – Oh, sure. you start with like Debo looks like he picks it up. In any other in any other stadium in any other time in the NFL, he gets the first down. The referee goes, changes the spot, remeasures it, fourth in inches, and then Garoppolo goes full Garoppolo on you. And dude, you shift your tackle. And here's what drives me insane because we're offensive offensive line, right? Right. All day with their oh well, Trent Williams jumped off sides. No, he didn't. He shifted, and your quarterback forgot to wait till he got set. Like, are you kidding me? In the biggest moment of your playoffs of the entire game, you can't let your guy get set. Like, you've got to be joking. You turn the ball over there. They come back down. And there's a rule, AG, like, I don't know what year coaches figured this rule out, but you got to have 16 seconds on the clock to do what they tried to do. Right? Right? Run the sneak. Now, I get the math. Like, I get you want to run. You, you don't want to run two Hail Marys. You want you want to run the, the, the four or five vert and you want to just you want to hit that whole shot, right? Like I get Correct. why they want to do that. Right. But when you start talking about the Dallas Cowboys and you start thinking about, okay, it's the most penalized team in the league. Okay, mm-hmm. they had 14 penalties 14, yesterday. Some penalties 14 were, pen- I was going to some bring of that those up penalties, AG, it. were inexplicable and inexcusable, like ridiculous, especially the defensive holding stuff. Like it was so blatant. Yeah, Ryan and Gregory tackling the guard. Oh, my God. I was like, huh? I was like, come on now. It was nuts, man. And so you have that. Then you got Dak Prescott. Now, how many two-minute drills have they run during the year? How many special situation drills have they run during the year? Right? How many – you know, what do we always talk about? Bill Belichick is the absolute master of situational football, right? Because he educates his players on exactly what's going on exactly how it's going to play out and exactly what your expectations are. I have to make the assumption that the coaching staff, because we know some of the guys on the coaching staff, we know that they have been through it. They know it. They'll teach it. They'll preach it. The quarterback doesn't hand the ball to the referee. Mm. The quarterback doesn't hand the ball in a situation where when they're down two seconds for the for like the traditional time you would you would make that call. Yep. I can't it's inexplicable, man. It's just like it's and it should never got there cuz Trent Williams was, you know, should have gotten time to get set by Garoppolo, but 
you just go, it just sucks because now the conversation goes to, again, Mike McCarthy, who was Green Bay Packers head coach, won a Super Bowl there, right? Mm-hmm. Has a, I'm sure has a street named after him. Yeah, He's a CEO type coach. He doesn't call plays. He doesn't call defense, right? So what is your job? You have, to, you have, you have to mo- motivate your guys. Yep. You have to keep your coaching staff under wraps. You are a game manager. You are a situation. You are a situational football guy, and you are a disciplinarian. Like th- yep. that is your that is what a CEO does in the world of National Football League. <clears throat> and this game, unfortunately, your brightest star, your hundred and forty million dollar quarterback, shown a huge light on situational football awareness, right? And right. your entire team, you're talking about discipline with the fourteen penalties, like. It's a bad look, man. It is a it is. bad look. It is. I mean, that last drive, I think I look back at it, and you got everything. It starts off great. They're running plays to get the ball out of bounds. They have no timeouts. They have 38 seconds. So they start the drive off perfectly. Where you're completing balls, and they do the, even though it was a flea flicker, which I don't know why they go to the flea flicker, but just throw a ball to an out route. That's it. But they do the flea flicker. It works, though. They get the ball flea flicked. The guy runs out of bounds. Next play, tight end, catch the ball, boom. He's He catches it on the sidelines, gets what he can, boom, out of bounds. And like you say, situational, just remind your players the time on the clock as a coach, if you know it, they should know, but just as a coach, be a repetitive reminder, hey, we have no timeouts. We got to get out of bounds if we're going to get within the 20 or 30 to try to push it to get a shot in the end zone, maybe two shots. They were, I mean, it was really an opportunity at two shots, but – that's the conversation. Those are the words that everybody is saying. And that's something you told your quarterback before they got the ball. Okay, here, we're on the sideline. Before we get the ball, this is what's going to happen. When we get the ball, we have no timeouts. So we got to throw the ball out of, you know, basically to the sideline. Or an incomplete pass helps us. When we throw an incomplete, that helps us. So this is what you're going to do. Boom, 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 boom. If we get, once we get to the 20, if we make it to the 20, this is the play call. Before That's before they get the ball. Before Garoppolo does Garoppolo. <laughs> before that happens, this is the conversation. If it's, uh, what's it, um, the Kellen Moore, the officer play yep. caller. The guy and, who's getting uh, like, hey, everybody, hey, this is our new head coach. Welcome in, Kel. Like, it's that part of it. And that's what I'm talking about, man. Like, that's what's crazy about this whole deal, right? Mm-hmm. Is yeah. Dan Quinn's a head coaching candidate. I mean, he should be probably, right? But C- Correct. Yeah, he's a good He coach. just got fired for with the Atlanta deal. Kellen Moore, oh, he's hot, hot topic. It's like, dude, it, it almost feels like it's you almost feel bad for the guys, but it's it's like they it's like the, the organization does it to themselves. Sorry, sorry for digressing there, AG interrupting. I mean, but it just drives me insane. No, no, you're good, you're good. You know, it's just something I say it is a focus and a concentration matter problem, um, or matter of problem. Um, and I I I remember when I went down to Houston. And in my first season, first year there, and actually wasn't even the season, it was mini camp. And this is something like you mentioned with Jerry Jones. I noticed right away coming from Green Bay where I maybe saw Ted Thompson's this many times in my eight years in Green Bay um, on the practice field, in the in the dining room, anywhere in the meeting room. I saw this many times, five, maybe five in eight years. Um, And I was on mini camp. It was third day of mini camp. I had seen Bob McNair all three days at practice in a suit with an entourage. And so with that, I'm like, this is, don't y'all feel this is, this is just odd. And then um, I can't remember. It was, um, 
it was an old line. It was a linebacker. He played with uh, with, with the Ravens, and I can't remember his name right now. I think it was Sean. Was it Sean something? He played with Sharp in college, I think. And he said to me, Amon, he said, AG, he said, this is, you know, they just trying to um, keep up with, you know, who up north? I said, oh, is he? And that's like, okay. I was like, it's just different to me because I, I grew up in a place where the, there, for one, there was no ownership, but even if it was, they let the coaches coach let players play. So you didn't have to have that under, like you said, that it's, it is a pressure where you basically got to, you got to win the Super Bowl every game, every play, yep. every practice. Yep. It's like we're winning the Super Bowl. It's like, bro, it's it's May. We're getting just trying to get the team together in May, getting these rookies put together and see what they're like, see if they're the draft picks that we want them to be. You know, so it was just it was just interesting to your to your remark about how Jerry Jones puts Dude. his influence without knowing his what he's doing to it, his teammates. I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this story because just because you brought that up. Right. So when I, I get, so I'm in, you know, you and I are in Green Bay together. Things are done a certain way, right? Yep. A certain way. I go down time. to Carolina. And so the old owner, his name is Jerry Richardson. And he okay. made, he made his, he played for a, a season, I think, with Johnny Unitas. And then he went oh. into, I think he bought a bunch of Hardee's and some other fast food chain restaurants and made a gazillion dollars. So he bought this team. Got it. Got he it. went to a college called Wofford College in South Carolina, Spartanburg, South Carolina, which is like, very, very uncomfortable in the in the summertime. Like, not a great place to have training camp. But he wanted to have it. was kind of ego rub. So we'd go have training camp down Spartanburg. So I remember the first year we're down there, this guy rolls up in a golf cart. We're doing one-on-ones. And everyone's watching because I was a big free agent guy and made Chris Jenkins. Yeah, I remember CJ. So the first day, everyone stops, like, practice, basically going to watch us go at it. And I remember he rolled up and he kind of like rolled up right next to the 1v1s. I was like, oh, to the point where I was like, dude, you might get hurt. Like, are you sure you want to be there kind of thing, you know? Right. And I just remember like every day he'd roll up and then finally it happened. He rolled up and stopped his golf cart where we were doing one-on-ones. And we literally, the coach just, gr- and think about this now. It's a big field, bro. We had two fields. Yeah. The coach yeah. moved the dummy bag so we could just move the thing down. So we wouldn't have to ask the owner to move. That's the kind of that's that's the kind of nonsense we were doing in Carolina, dude. It's like, uh, where are your priorities? We already know you own the place. Like, you right. don't need to pull it out right now. We know, like, we know you're the guy. You know what I mean? Right. It's yeah. crazy out there, man. But it it does it has an effect on everybody and everything. And it's just it's really it's one of those situations where like, you know, there's some good dudes on, on Dallas and, and it's just, it's hard to dismiss. It's, it's kind of tough. It's sad, it's sad to watch. Cause it's almost like they're, it's like they're eating their own enthusiasm. Now, mm-hmm. every time yeah. you go see, you go into these playoffs, it's like, how are you going to lose this time? You know? Exactly. Exactly. So with that being said, we move to the keys of the game. Cause we know what's coming down the street. We got the 49ers and the Packers Saturday night, seven fifteen kickoff Eastern standard time. So what are, what are some of your keys to the game, Mike? Well, I think Debo Samuel's, you know, I think he's just a matchup nightmare. And it's not only mm. the runs that he gets, and it's not like he had like nine carries at one point for like 60 yards, 63 yards, something like that. He's yep. just an explosive guy. I don't know how many – I don't remember his, his numbers in the slot or like what he was catching. He had outside, like 35. He had about 35 yards receiving. Yeah, but like it's that. it's the, it's thing. what he does to the eyes of everybody else. Like he just makes the running back better. He makes Ayuk better. He makes George Kittle more open. Like – we have to have a plan of like who the game the game with the Green Bay Packers is always what now we've been historically we've been in this year get home with four 
tackle in the tackle in the alleys, play that cover two, don't let anybody get behind you. And we did a pretty good job, especially in the first half of the last time we played these guys, of doing just mm-hmm. that. Like, let Garoppolo throw you the ball a couple times. Keep pressuring him. Kenny Clark yep. beat the absolute breaks off of the interior line for the San Francisco 49ers last time. Dean Lowry had a nice game too, and it makes a difference. Our edge guys can set the edge on their line of scrimmage in the run game. Like all that stuff makes a difference. So yep. like for me, it's business as usual, but it's a very, they have evolved in the way that they're using Debo Samuel and we have to be ready for that. Yep. And then, so for me, that's where I go into both agreeing with you, slow the run game down for the 49ers. Because mm-hmm. you, you saw that game, Cowboys had no remedy on that first drive, second, third drives. I mean, maybe in the second quarter and third quarter, they made a few adjustments where a couple of the times they knew pre-snap, okay, they're about to run this play, and they held them back. But that was like one or two plays. It wasn't the whole game. And it wasn't a point where it say, okay, now we got this under control. This is where we're going to win the game. So that never came to light for the Cowboys defense. And then obviously I think you mentioned it to get in their flow. So offensively we've seen the Packers for every game this season, when they got into the flow, they're pretty much, you know, hard, they're, they're hard to stop. Devontae's running his routes, getting open or, or basically Aaron's throwing the ball in placement in places where only Devontae could catch it and or Lazard or DeGario, wherever, or whoever he's throwing it to, he gets it to them because he's like you mentioned this season, you said it several times. Aaron can be a cheat code at some, at times. And then I say biggest thing for both teams and really the Packers, keep mistakes to a, a minimum because if, as we saw in the playoffs, for every game we've watched, um, any any and all mistakes are going to hurt you, I say, three times the amount of a regular season game to a playoff game because when it happens in the playoffs, it, it grabs on more to the more the concentration and the focus of each player because they know the bre- the heavy – of that game they know oh my god this is the playoff game so i can't do this and i just did so then now they got to fight through that mental mindset of okay let me forget about it and move on not not a lot of players understand that because they they don't they they look at the situation okay regular season you go preseason regular season playoffs and it's like you don't understand sometimes you just if you treat that game just as important or i say i say just the same as the regular season game then it won't bother you as much but if you put it way up here then that yeah. that mental mindset then goes and you're out the door you're like hey hey i need you i need you i remember coaching some of my high school players in the last couple of years where i had a player make a mistake i think he fumbled the bar he went the wall right and he was one of our best players one of our best uh he was our running back and linebacker and i was like i said hey come here forget about that mistake that fumble whatever I need you. I need your mental here. Worry about the next play. So you you get guys where they're just gone. They're like, oh my god, it, it's the world. It's over. You know. So it's like you get this situation mentally for a lot of players. They kind of check out, and so that's where they got to like, you know what? This is just a regular game. Let's go out here and do do I say execute and do the plays that are called out there on the football field. So with you know, that being, a- yeah, ag ag with that, like I. It's so it's always been interesting to me as as kind of we we went through our careers and now you kind of look at things from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. You know the game doesn't change for us for a player. The game is the same. And I'm talking it could be we could talk about being high school, college, pro. Like relatively speaking, the game's always the same. A regular season game is no different than a than a, a postseason game. The only difference is the external pressure or the external things that you feel from outside of mm-hmm. you outside of your group, outside of your team, the media, right? Family members. 
social media, all these, those yep. are putting external, but the game doesn't change unless you listen to everybody else. Exactly. And, and the, the best players just understand, yeah, there's no tomorrow. Yeah, there's a finality to this, certainly. But mm-hmm. the way that we go about in our preparation, right, doesn't change. It, it better not change. No. The way, it's the if, same. If, yeah, everything should be exactly the same because when you get into that moment, to be present in that moment, to not worry about what happens later, to not mm-hmm. worry about the play that just happened, to be present is the only way that you can be the best version of you. And that's what you have to do, whether it's regular season or playoffs, if you want to have the kind of career your team wants to have the kind of success that's that's required, right? Yeah. There's, there's, that's for young players. That's such an important lesson that it's we huge. just – Yeah, that we just gloss over sometimes, man. Like being present in the moment is the way to find the best success. And the only way you can do that is understand that every single day is just the same opportunity to get better, man. You just you you can decide to look and listen to that outside noise, the extra interviews, the extra the meetings that you have to go through. Like mm-hmm. you can choose to to let that distract you or let that motivate you or whatever the word is you want to use, cause anxiety, exactly. or you can just go. You can exactly. just go be you. Exactly. And that's what I that's what I know. That's what I did. I know that's what you did. You, we was like, we're going to be us out there on this playoff field. Um, that's about it. So speaking of that, we got matchups coming up. So what are the matchups on offense that you like? On our Which offense? You, yeah. Our offense, yeah, I, their I, offense, you know, defense, I, I think, vice versa. Answer yeah, your so question I'll, here. I, I know you I know you have I know you have the, the some of the wide receivers out here. So I'll, I'll go with this. I, I really like a healthy offensive line. Um, as mm-hmm. good as I think their off- their def- offensive defensive lines are, I right. like us downhill with our running our complementary running backs. I really like our running game with these guys, not necessarily to have a 200 yard game, but to be able to run the clock, establish the run, establish yes. the cadence that we're going to operate yes. with, right? Kind mm-hmm. of take control of the game, dictate the terms of confrontation. I feel very comfortable with Bakhtiari coming back, with Myers being in there, the game that we played against them before, having Mercedes Lewis. Mm-hmm. A.J. Dillon's, a, I think, a much improved player from week three. For I sure. think he played at a Pro Bowl right. level. I think you know what I, I love Aaron yep. Jones and what he brings to the game. So I love that matchup, even though I, you know, you have to acknowledge, assuming Bosa and Fred Warner are back, like that is Ooh. a strength of their line too. But if yep. we're going good on good, I'm going to take us. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, Bukatari coming back, looking good last week. In the, and I still like it. Like you said, the, the fourth preseason game. Um, mm-hmm. But he got into his rhythm of being comfortable, you know, going against a, a, a team and player one-on-one that had been playing all season. And he just had that one game to get ready for this coming game. And this is going to be the obviously the best test you're going to have. You got some of the best guys that's going to be in front of him in terms of the 49ers line of scrimmage, I mean, off a uh, defensive line of scrimmage coming in. Um, so for me, it's Devontae and whoever covers him and they'll, and these wide receivers for the Packers. Um, yeah. Alan Lazard, last couple of weeks, as we saw, showing up. He's showing up not just in catching the ball and, and catching touchdowns. He's blo- he's a blocker. He will sacrifice. He will go in and get the grimy work, the trench warfare work done. Um, DeWaria obviously showed up in the last couple of games too. So having these players in the past game mixed in with the run game then makes this overall team from an offensive standpoint very dangerous and very where they where they are basically staying in in rhythm what they've been doing all season getting points on the board now is just making sure the defense side obviously does their job but offensively if they get in that rhythm like they've been all year they'll be able to put their points on board and what they need and put that pressure on the 49ers offense because then if they slow the run game it's you can't win when you're behind a lot in any game, no matter playoff game or not, 
within the run game. When you have the run game, that's all you got. You got to have yeah, some pass routes. You got to have guys first get of all, open. With like Lazard finishing blocks, we got to take a, a lot of pride in finishing every play, mm-hmm. you know, offensively and defensively. I think what we saw last time we played these guys is they didn't really get home that much, right, with their, with their front four. And it allowed us to have success with some of those intermediate routes, some of those deeper routes. And part yep. of that's because of the way our, our quarterback can get rid of the ball. He's a cheat code. But part of that is like we, we had time and we held up. And that makes a huge difference in a game like this because we know the running game for both sides is going to be part of this uh, part of this matchup because of the weather conditions. It's playoff time. Like that's how mm-hmm. games are won and lost. So we, we, we'll talk about that a little bit more in Trent's Warfare. Yep. But our ability to hold up those intermediate routes, those, those crossers, those, those double moves, like that's going to pay off big for us as it did last time, as it really has all season. And it's just, you know, it's a testament to they're kind of playing the same way we do. They're trying to get home with four. Mm-hmm. They don't want to get beat deep. And it's just a question of who out executes. And, you know, you have to feel good with our wide receiver core. Exactly. And what's important about those intermediate routes coming open and winning big on them. Those are the plays that set up the run or the deeper routes, because, if you could get off and get a five-yard reception, an eight-yard reception there, you're frustrating that defense because that defense line, you know what, we we know we got to get there. We want to get home within, you know, two, three steps of, of, of penetrating the offensive line. And when that ball is out, quick, boom, 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 kind of like with, with Tampa Bay, I, I think it was a stat where Tom Brady was having that ball out in 1.8 seconds or something. Oh, it was yeah. gone. It was gone. And that's not saying and, – and, and I don't know what, you know, Matt and what Aaron – Discuss, but you know they get the ball out fast. So that as a defensive lineman, once they see the ball throw, they're like, dang, <laughs> the ball is gone. So, yeah, that's just an added frustration that they can do. So those intermediate routes are going to be very important for Devontae to get open, for Alan Lazar, for DeGuardia, and for whoever, um, Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, when they're in those routes, along with the long handoffs that they get. Um, but make sure to get those. those that's, how, that's why those intermediate, intermediate routes are very important. So – from that being said, we'll get into trench warfare here. And yes. so I'll pass it on to my guy who is leading the, the conversation here with some good points of emphasis in terms of the 49ers D-line and the Packers online. What you got, Mike? So let's start with this. Uh, because we got these guys healthy, and they made the, I think they made the decision to put Patrick at right guard. I think that Eric Armstead matchup with Patrick, Aaron Armstead usually plays over the right guard. He's a Yesterday big he played against Zach Martin, best, you know, arguably the best right guard in the league. Right. That matchup's going to be absolutely monster. Uh Billy Turner coming back. I, I hope he's back. I think Bose is gonna be able to play. You know, you, you just we kind of make some assumptions with, yeah. with the concussion protocols. Yeah, you know, it's a Saturday game. So and it's playoff. See game. a lot of that Bosa, yeah, Bosa <laughs> Billy Turner matchup. I, Billy's had some success against him earlier in his career. So I, I just think that right side of the line is going to be like that's going to be an all-you-can-eat deal as far as as far as watching trench warfare and understanding kind of a, a lot of the game is going to be won and lost in those matchups. So I'm yeah. excited about that. I talked about it. I'm I'm really excited about our downhill running game in the second half. Um, Jones can have a big game with a with kind of the switch up, you know, outside runs. We did such a good job. If I switch over to the defense now, mm-hmm. we did such a good job of controlling the edges last time, like beating and George Kittle is a phenomenal run blocker. Yeah, but yeah. Preston Smith is having kind of a, a standout year from a run defense standpoint. Gary's good. Now we get Z Smith back. He's great. Obviously, inside, I think we dominate at the tackle position versus their guards and center, even though Alex Mack's been a great player. Kenny Clark absolutely ate him alive last time they mm-hmm. played. Lincoln Tomlinson's a good player. I feel much better about Kenny Clark as, as far as winning that matchup. So yeah. 
the thing that really when you watch the, the San Francisco 49ers, they're as far as an offensive line in their run game, you know, what it, like from a schematic standpoint, they oftentimes will try to run that stretch where we got everybody going one way. And when they run away from Trent Williams, they are mm-hmm. fiercely, fiercely dangerous because he does such a good job at that backside cutoff, whether he's hand fighting, whether he holds the guy or whether he actually gets around and cuts him off. And that's that important. Backside tackle doesn't make that play and they cut off that all the time. Mm-hmm. So going with a five man front, making that more and more difficult because now there's two guys in the middle, like all those things are going to matter. And then you have to think about our ability to stack it play side and force the cut back into our linebackers. Like those are going to be huge plays. Those one V one blocks inside being able to defeat that backside cutoff that, that Trent Williams is able to do. Cause like, otherwise I think you like every other matchup across the board. Yeah, definitely. And, and what to your, to your point about the, what Trent Williams does on the backside for me as a running back. So let everybody know when that backside is cut off, that gives me a third option. Like two, like the two options I have going, if we're running a play to the right, I already got the outside to the right side, but then I also have a, a slight skinny cut to the right side too. But if the backside is cut off, oh, my eyes go like this. Uh-oh. Hmm. And I'm back and I'm about to gouge that defense because then everybody's over pursued. And if I see it with my eyes where I see the linebacker helmet run over top and the backside linebacker either runs over top or is cut down, hey, I might – I might bust my head on the uh, goalpost or on the field goal post, like Edgar <laughs> Bennett, because that is part of the job of the tackles and the guards backside of a plate. Get that back tie, backside garbage, cut it down or or occupy it to where they're not able to get in a plate. To, or I say, yeah, mess up the play if it's there, if there is a cutback for the running back there. So I definitely agree with that. Yeah, they they have they the, listen with that scheme. It's always been interesting over the last you know, gosh, 10, 12 years. Mm-hmm. You can gash in that scheme. Like guys have big plays. Debo Samuel, what did they do? They ran a motion, but yeah. I think it was Ayuk, uh, and they got uh, yeah, they got was. they got Vandalish off uh, outside the box. He ran the way, opposite way. Yeah, he was pursuing then, a lot, over pursuing. Yeah, so so Debo busts up that twenty yard touchdown run. I mean, those things happen in this kind of offensive scheme. And historically, the downside to this scheme. And they're not just like his own team. Like they can run the gap. They can run the. Mm-hmm. They can run a lot of different stuff, right? So I don't want to discount them. I think they're well coached, and I think they're a very good offensive line. But historically, the 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 problem with this scheme is you can't get that hard yard because you're always running sideways, so you can get penetration yeah. on these guys. Yeah, so it's really hard to get that third and one, get that you know third and two, fourth and two. It's hard to get those yards. But when you have a Lakin Tomlinson, when you have an Alex Mack, when you have a Trent Williams, it's like that's pretty easy, man. We're just gonna go downhill. Right. And so they yep. kind of have the ability to play. Like it always makes me cringe when I hear, oh, we're an outside zone team or, oh, we're a man team. <laughs> it's like, dude, you're in the NFL. You need to be a, a, a good line blocking team. That's what you need That's to it. do because whatever we don't do well, you should be doing. Right. Exactly. Whatever, as a defender, I, I'm not good at, I over pursue. Great. We're going to run the zone. Right. I got big guys up front. Great. We're going to run the gaps. Right. You know what I mean? Yep. You have to be able, to, and this is one of those teams that can kind of do it all. So it's going to be a great matchup, I think, in the trenches. Whoever wins that, from like for me, whoever wins that that matchup is going to ultimately win the game because that is also going to translate into pressure. Pressure equals picks. We know Garoppolo when it's people get in his face, he'll start throwing the ball away. Exactly. So that's kind of where I'm looking at as the centerpiece of this game. Exactly, and they got they got those the same pieces in place because they, they coaches coach together. 
for the last 10 years yeah. and actually longer than that since 2007 i was in houston with kyle shanahan and matt that's LaFleur. Right. so they that's how long they've been around and i would say before that so probably 06 05 maybe even longer so almost almost 20 years they've been together from atlanta to uh tennessee to la so they've, they've all been a part of each other so they understand the concepts they know they want to run if they need to run and, and that's why you see the packers offense similar in some situations similar to the to the 49ers offense and and, and i definitely know that yeah put your break was it i said this the other night pressure breaks pipes and that's what happens to you know when you get that d lineman pushing in there you know just on the play like the play in the dallas game where Dak actually had a good throwing lane but the pressure of the d lineman pushing the tackle into Dak you know, throw his uh, rhythm off of throwing and boom, that's a pick. So those type of situations can arise between the little battle and the trench warfare there. So moving on. So you, so there, so, ah, so we finish off with the trench warfare. Let's get into, get off my line. Uh-oh. Get off my line. I want to hear some of this. And yeah, it's interesting. The conversations that's popping up already. I haven't, I haven't looked up a whole lot of the coaches stuff because it's still early, but I know with a guy like Russell Wilson, um, that's a conversation that's starting out now because he obviously is a big talk and either leaving the team for some reason, either his personal reason or just free agency that is out there. So Mike, take it, take it from there. Yeah. If you want to start with like, we can start with Russell Wilson man. like yeah. the idea that we have to endure another off season of people like Russell like Wilson, Aaron, saying, like Russell like Wilson Aaron acting like he's this, you know, perfect, human on social media and saying all the right things then having his camp leak out like well these are the four teams i'd like to go look at or or i'd like to go explore these other op dude just it's okay like everyone thinks you're a good dude or not a good dude it already it already happened just just do you if you don't think this is the future in seattle just say it hey listen i want to go somewhere else right right force him to make a decision but i it's always to me it's like when you say one thing in public and then in private you're always going back channel right we unfortunately now it all comes and gets exposed. It just I, to me it just makes you look disingenuous. True. So I'm with you. Yeah, this I'll just say this: Pete Carroll, John Schneider, the Seattle Seahawks, their ownership group—that is a first-class organization. They have been run the right way. They won super. They won a Super Bowl with an incredible defense and running game. Russell Wilson was a key player, but not the player back mm-hmm. then. Right? right? He has been the player, and they are not winning. They are not in the playoffs. I know that everyone, so, you know, we talk about it like let, let Russ cook and like he is a, he is a incredible player in this league and could go anywhere. And there's probably only four or five teams that he could go to and they, he wouldn't be the guy. Right. So he's a, he's a top, you know, five to 10 player in the league as far as the quarterback position, he's going to help a lot of teams, but man, let's just go out. If this is what we're going to do. And this is just me as a former Seattle guy who loves the Seahawks. Like just let's just go get it done with. Let's just be done with it. I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear all this nonsense all all year, and then like you you come back to training camp acting like you want to be there still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen. I've seen his social media. He goes deep into the theatrics of the music and the videos. Yeah. It's just oh the hype underst- videos on his the hype video. yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's oh, like bro. it's a thing. Like we like as players, we know the business. We get it, and it doesn't hurt feelings in terms of among players. Maybe for the fans, obviously, but among players, mm-hmm. we know just say where you're going. It's no big deal. It's been talked about, and it's seen, you know. And not saying that he's playing down to that level. He's just not having a good year. In the last couple of years, he's been the like you. I remember you bringing up the first time uh, talking about let Russell cook. It's like, yeah, that's not that can't be a game plan. 
<laughs> you know, usually he's a phenomenal, phenomenal player. He can do things with the ball because he had that baseball background, but you can't have, just go with that uh, as a game plan. So from there, so with teams not building out in the trenches, get, get kicked out the playoffs, and I, I got to agree with that one. I love it, right? <laughs> you just, and it's just this was a great game. Two really good offensive and defensive lines, or at least as advertised as really good offensive mm-hmm. and defensive lines. Yeah. But we can go up and down. Like you think about it. Cincinnati is probably the only team left where you go, okay, their offensive line, not very good. Don't protect very well. Joe Burr and Jamar Chase are just difference makers, and there's not much you can do about it, right? uh, But you go through everybody else. Like, I'm not going to say the Chiefs' offensive line is great, but they've invested heavily in their offensive line. True, yep. Tampa Bay has a great offensive line. Like, I love watching those guys play. I like like everything they do. I love Ryan Jensen. I like the right – Tristan Wirfs is a is a bad man. He's going to be an all pro. I think he was an all pro this year. Yeah, right. Like he really really good team. The way they think about things, do, you know, Tennessee Titans. Right. Yeah, Green Bay Packers, San Francisco 49ers. Uh, tonight, both those teams are you know okay. So we can go tonight. It proofs in the pudding. I would say that the trenches and the Cardinals are much much stronger than the trenches and mm. the Rams. I know that Aaron Donald's on the Rams. Mm-hmm. And I'm still saying that, even though he might balance everything out, but I don't think the offensive line for the Rams is very good. I think the defensive right. line for the Cardinals is much better. I think the offensive line for the Cardinals has played well this year, and the defensive line for the Rams, not named Aaron Donald, who can wreck the entire game. He might right. just one-man wrecking crew like he did last time. Yeah. But I would say I would take the offensive line over the defensive line it, it, if we could just get rid of like that one major factor, of course. But, <laughs> but it, if you're looking across right. – like. Like what's the, what's going on in the game right now, man? Like it's gonna matter. Running game travels, playing physical oh, yeah. on defense travels. Like you can win games with good with a really really good offensive and defensive line, box players, running backs, um, yeah. linebackers, and safeties. And I, I love it, man. If you don't have that, you better figure out how to develop it. Otherwise, you are going nowhere because there are not enough Joe Burrows in this league. No, you can't have those special players just be the one guys you try to depend on. You got to – I learned this as probably way back in Little League that the big guys up front rule. As a, I learned that instantly as a running back, as a little kid. My brother's talking to me and my dad being an offensive lineman, just understanding the game and seeing where it started in. It started in with the offensive line and defensive line. Who wins those matchups? Who can keep the defense from penetrating? And then coming down here with the offensive linemen, when you you know they want to run block all day, but obviously they know they got to go into pass sets from time. But if they do their job, then yeah, you protect everybody. You protect the quarterback. You give the running back time to run and his uh, hit the gaps and get some big yardage and wide receivers to get open. So yeah, when you don't invest in that, you don't develop that talent. You don't teach the technique and obviously teach the patient. Then teaching the technique brings on the patience because you know you're not going to just. There's not just the first battle. It's not just the first snap and it's over. It's you got eighty potentially eighty plays that you got to deal with this guy in front of you, and for eighty eighty plays you got to figure out from play to play what I'm going to do different to keep him guessing so he doesn't just fly by me or bull rush me every play. So that's the beauty of the, I say, trench warfare and then battling in between the D-line and O-line. So Bro, and, we could go even further with that because right. it really is, it speaks on, it speaks on who you are as an organization. Mm-hmm. And I, here's what I mean by that. So I had Dr. Rick Pereira on, on uh, the process to perform podcast, right? And, and he, yep. he, ta- he has this great ta- talking point where, and he's been in the NFL, NBA, major league baseball. Yeah. I've heard his name before. Yes. And, and his talking point was this. You either have 
organizational culture by design or by default? And he thinks, and his statement was, there's about 26 or 27 teams in the National Football League who are culture by default, meaning that they are not there. You know, every coach comes in and says, I'm going to fix the culture of this place. I'm going to fix the culture of this place. We're going to have this. But they do not have a methodology and process in place, right, to fix the culture of that mm -hmm. building. And we're talking 26 or 27. This guy's been around the, the game for a long time. Right. And so you start thinking about, like, all right, what, is that, like what does that entail? Well, part of it, a huge part of it, is the mm -hmm. vision you have for your team, how you communicate to your team, the standards you have for your team, the yeah. discipline you have, your team has. And when you look at that, like what, because they are the least talked about people in the building, what could be a better reflection of that than your offensive and defensive line, your linebackers, mm -hmm. running backs to a certain extent too. You correct, know what I mean? Yep. It's like, it's like if you have that in place and it's right, like that, I promise you that team's gonna be good because that means you're investing in making those players the best versions of themselves. Mm -hmm. And if you're not, like it's just because there's all these people, there's you know, seven openings in the NFL right now, and you just go like, Man, you hope these guys get it right, because otherwise it's it's another three years of nonsense for these NFL teams. Yeah. And you're wasting talent at the same time. You're wasting guys' actual physical ability mixed in with the mental side to get them to that level you know, to a Tom Brady level, to, you know, Aaron Rodgers level, just to understand what the physical and what the mental can do when everything is done right, when it's developed the proper way. So, and uh, down in uh, we Panthers, so the Panthers started off the season good, you yeah. know, but now it rules out. They're trying to get him out of here. So what's your, what's your thoughts here? Yeah, buddy? it's tough, man. It's the, you know, I played for the Panthers for three years. They, they, David Tepper came in, bought the the, the program, and I think he's mm -hmm. done. He, I think he's doing everything he can to turn that organization back around. You know, they had some obviously it was the toxic culture there with which Richardson for a while, and that's why he had to be excused from owning the team. Mm -hmm. But you know, Matt Rule came in, college guy. He's kind of had a reputation for turning for turning places yeah. around Temple, Baylor, etc. Yeah, and it it look when you bring a college guy in, it's it's really tough. Like their schedule is different, the way they talk to players is different, and. For whatever reason, they're just not having a lot of success on offense. They brought in uh, Donald this year thinking, they're like, okay, we can kind of resuscitate his career and the, the problems mm -hmm. he had with the New York Jets and Gase's offense. And it's tough, man. It's tough in that because Carolina got used to success. Like when I was there, it was a it was a um, ACC basketball town. It, it, right. It's a Panther town now. Cam Newton oh. changed Carolina. Cam Newton made that place a Panther town. Right. And – Luke Keekley and all these. I mean, they had a lot of – they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they had an MVP, right? Yeah. And so now with, with these guys struggling and struggling in the manner they are struggling in, they want rule out. And, this, you know, the poor guy, is, he's saying he can't even go to, like, the basketball game, can't take his kid because everyone's booing <sighs> his kid. And you just go – I just – like, you know, we you know we were not as maybe as public figures. But, you know, you get into that situation where you, you're struggling or something's not going well and then – like you, you hear about these stories. There was another one out on the West Coast where the kids are getting beat up at school or oh, man. at school yeah, and stuff. And I terrible. go, man, just like I almost wish I could be like the invisible bodyguard for some of these kids sometimes, man. Right, they don't, me too. They don't, they don't deserve that life, bro. I just, I just bothers me. I just wanted to bring it up. Yeah, man. That, yeah, that sucks, bro. I mean, it's I, I think back with my kids growing up here in the Green Bay area, and, and my stepkids were in the Milwaukee area, and they say in the conversation they'll come home one weekend. And say they were in a conversation with friends, and 
they say, oh, yeah, my stepdad is a mind green, but just come up, you know, matter of factly, there wasn't trying to bring it up, but it just came mm -hmm. up. And then the friend's like, no, he's not. No, 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 he's not. And then they, you know, giving them attitude because they think they're lying. I'm like, I said, you know what, babe, just don't even listen to him. Move on, to change the subject, or if you want, or just walk out, walk out, because they are not going to believe you. They'll try to make them believe you. Just move on. So I'm with you. Love to be that, that invisible person. Like, pop, 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 pop. Get up right. out of here. Yeah, move on. You got every right to boo. You got every, you, yeah. paid, you paid the ticket, you got every right to boo. But if I'm in a different venue, man, if I'm walking in the mall and you, you start bragging on my kid, like, right. No, that's, mm -hmm. well, it would be, man, it's a hard day. It'd be a tough day. Be some problems. It'd be some problems. It's like you're supposed to turn the other cheek, right? I know you're supposed to turn the other cheek, right? But when, when it comes to your kids, that's a whole different territory. That's like my yeah. son is always like, hey, dad, you want to hear what a one handed clap sounds like? Bop! <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, real. And then one quick other moment, too. Say, so similar situation, same situation, close situation. We're at Matt Six Flags, you know, Six Flags is right on the oh, border. Yeah. Of Wisconsin, Illinois. We went there. This is when all the kids were little, and we went to Six Flags, hang out with the fam. And of course, halfway through the day, all the people, fans started, oh, that's a mine, you know. So it started to spread around. And so we're at one of the rides. We're just getting off one of the rides. We're in the kitty part of Six Flags. And we got these fans. I got my my they're older now, but they were five and like four years old. Fans are literally walking over my kids to get to me, and I'm like, "Oh, game over, timeout. This is done. We're out." Right. I pick it. I picked up my kids, put them on my split boat. I'm walking out with kids like this, like, "No, we're out of here." I'm like, "Dude, you just literally stepped on my daughter. You stepped on. You physically pushed her." I uh, said, "We're out." I was like, "We're going to the car. We're out of here." Boom. So yeah, it just people, you just gotta understand. We're human too. We got, you know, we got things we want to do, want to have fun, but sometimes you gotta just bring it down a notch. Bring it down a notch. Uh, so with these cowboys, keep doing cowboy things, and I and I and I mentioned this because I was talking, you know, I was watching this game with friends and family, and I was just like, uh, it starts with the coaching staff here, you know, and you know, I even know a guy I played with and for, you know, Mike McCarthy. It just and you brought it up where he's not doing the play calling, he's not doing certain things, and that might be part of this why they're looking like. Are they doing things? Like you say, cowboys keep doing cowboy things here. So I don't know. That might be part of it. Yeah, I, I, listen. We we I don't want to beat a dead horse, man. It just it right. just seems it, it's unfortunate because it's almost like they're cursed right now. <laughs> and it that's almost feels good. like they're it almost feels right. like they're cursed in the sense that they've built this team that on paper just looks like it, they should be world beaters. Look fantastic, and they just make the worst mistakes, and just it's like you, you know, with the pressure, you know, you 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 can't make a diamond without pressure, right? Correct. Pressure brings it, it can bring out the best of you, but it can also bring out the worst. And for whatever reason, that game again, that game we talked about it already, man. That game yesterday was just it was unbelievable. Yeah, it was, but but it was also spoken into in into reality. It was all week. It was like, they're going to blow it. They're going to do it, and they're going to do it, and they're going to do it. And maybe they were listening. You know, you tell, you tell everybody to turn off their radio. Maybe they didn't, man. Maybe they just, they just heard it. Yeah, like I said, my, my prediction was off what I saw when I was in Cowboy Stadium when the Broncos came into town. And it was not a game, a team that I that was expecting to win that game the way they started the game off. So, all right. So there is the end. I think the end of trench warfare there. So we get into predictions from around the league of what teams are left for the playoffs. And so we have 
coming up next Saturday, 3.30 Central Standard Time, Cincinnati Bagels at Tennessee. And then mm. we have the 49ers coming to Green Bay. As I mentioned, it's that 15 kickoff. And then on Sunday, it's the, the game tonight is going to be determined between the Rams and the uh, Cardinals going to Tampa Bay and then Buffalo at Kansas City, 530 on Sunday as well. So what do you think about these Bengals? I'm going to start this off with you. Yeah, man, those Bengals are real. And, and you would think that the Tennessee Titans would be overwhelming favorites, but that Joe Burrow is really good. And that Jamar Chase guy is like unguardable right now. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, that game it's insane how good he is. Like it's almost like man, he can play, it's like he's playing Tecmo Bowl or something, dude. Right. I mean, I think the part of it is that they're obviously college teammates. <clears throat> I don't think people are really understanding how that, from a high level standpoint, between a quarterback and receiver is so important because obviously it happens at the NFL level. We obviously we've seen it with uh, Devontae and Aaron, Aaron Aaron Rodgers right now through their career as pro teammates. In the time it took them, what, six, seven years to get this relationship on an on-field relationship and obviously off-the-field relationship to now when the ball is in the air to Devontae, something's about to happen. And that's right. what you're seeing with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. When that ball is in the air, like Joe's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to throw it up. I'm going to go back shoulder on this one. I'm going to go throw it ahead of him on that one. And he knows already because they've had conversations at down in school. They had conversation in Cincy saying, okay, this is what I'm going to do when they do a mad press in my face. I'm going to get off the route like this and put the ball here and I'm good. You know, that's those are conversations that these players are having. That's why you, we're seeing the result of what Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is doing. Yeah, the Titans got that, that D-line that had a lot of success this year. Justin Simmons and company. And you just think, like, Joe Burrow's been sacked more than anybody in the NFL. And you just go, but it's a testament to that number is misleading. Mm-hmm. A little bit, right? But like we were yeah. talking about who's giving up sacks and everything. But the Tennessee Titans are going to come in. They might sack him five, six times. I still don't feel good about them winning the game. Just for this, unless unless Derrick Henry comes back and plays like you know gets thirty two carries, then it's all yeah, all better off, right? Yeah, that's a that's a whole nother level, right? But, whole but game. even if they sack him five, six times, like they did with Stafford, like I don't think he throws the ball into the. I don't think he just turns it over on the one yard line. Like I think he just. Okay, I'm. I know I'm gonna get hit ten times today. I know I'm gonna get knocked down five. I know I'm gonna get yeah. sacked five. But <clears throat> I'm gonna throw the ball forty times and thirty of them going to that boy over there. And yeah. that's pretty good, he's right? Bigger. And he's just he, like, God, I don't know. You got to prove it to me that you can beat him. Exactly. And you got uh, Mixon, uh, the running back, doing well, running right. the ball. Yeah, we don't even talk the about the other guys either. They're, right. Usma is unbelievable. A good tight end. You. Know? I mean, they they have weapons. You got T Higgins. I mean, they got yeah. They yeah. got they got a whole slew of young players. That I believe are very hungry, and they want to they want to make some they want to make some noise in the playoffs, and they did this past weekend by uh, beating down on um, Bill Belichick and the Patriots uh, in their offense and their defense here, and, and then going on to Tampa game coming in. So right now we don't know who they're playing, but right now regardless of who they're playing, uh, Tom Brady and his matter. offense, yeah, <laughs> the Tom Brady and his offense, yeah. uh, it looks they look really they look good. I mean, this is it's just easy to say they look good. He's on rhythm. Um, regardless of the guys he've lost, you know, you talk about Fournette, Godwin, Antonio Brown. Um, I think it's one other player gone. It didn't matter to me. I knew that I was like, you know what? I've seen this whole movie before when he was in New England. Yeah, we say that's like out. 10 years straight New England where he didn't have like he right. still has more weapons now than he did in New England for like 16 out of the 18 years, right? I don't think, yeah, I don't think people realize that. It's like he really was just slapsticking it together, but and but but the players knew. 
that was with him in New England. You know what? We just do our job. This is going to happen. We don't yeah. have to be the best player. We could just work hard and grind and get open, do our blocks, do our job, make the execution when the play is called doing that. And that's kind of that's basically what's happening here with B.A., Bruce Aarons, and Tom Brady, you know, on the field being the leader and Bruce Aarons being the leader on the sidelines. And during the practice week, this is a team offensively, def defensively with the weapons and the, and the players. I say I, I like their defense is always I say yeah, in the last couple of years been good and now got a good quarterback to lead that offense. Their, their defense is – I mean, uh, JPP comes back. Shaq come, Barrett comes back. Uh, White comes back. And you just like, – th those guys are – or Landry David. You're right. like, oh, my God. They are they are absolutely stacked on defense now. Yeah. I mean, they, their defensive line is – they're probably the only defensive line in the playoffs where I go every single player across that line is a problem. Yeah, Vita Vea, you saw his – what he did. What he Sue, did to people. Sue, Sue is arguably their least effective lineman right now. Nadam can Sue. Right. Think about that statement. And then like yeah. are, <laughs> I mean, that is a that is a preposterous statement. Like that guy is a unit. Right. Vita Vela took Jason Kelsey and, and put him like upside down on his head yesterday. Like, and Jason yes. Kelsey is an all pro. Right. Like they're good everywhere. Their linebackers, probably the best linebacker tandem in the game. They mm. are good up front, man. So that is like. That's scary. That is yeah. a, they're a scary opponent. Um, I know Josh Allen had a monster game against the Patriots run game or uh, right. I mean, run defense, and he looked. I mean, what do you have like? Would they have no no punts, no kicks? Or something? Yeah, maybe no they punts, knelt no down kicks. once. Yeah, I mean, and like for their offense, I mean that that game they were just saying, you know, saying who we are, what they do. This is what we're gonna do. Um, and I say now the between the talent that Josh Allen has. And his IQ of the game is getting to that next level because he's been beat up by time. He's been beat up by better teams to understand, okay, this is what I need to do to yeah. be that guy, you know, be this quarterback for my team. So, you know, he's he's learning that and he looked good. So, and then the defense look good. Michael High interception that I mean, to make that play, right? That's where you that's that's what you those that's why you get paid what you get paid. And then to have the I mean, I've known him as a player here in Green Bay when he was a, a safety here for the Packers. And I hung out with him, with, did some talk shows with him. And he has that competitive mindset that where, you know what, I'm not here you know, to be flashy. I'm not here to do this, that, and the other. I'm here to run, play strong safety. If I got to hit you, if I got to cover you, I'm going to do that. And that's what, and that play right there, just to me, is epitome, was the epitome of what I, how I know Michael Hyde. That, that was just a great play out there they, in that football field. They, hey, what, what was the, uh, the guy that before my so the, the Green Bay Packers have had some great. I mean, Leroy Butler. You started going on their safeties, safeties, right? Right. What was the guy's name? He's in the, he's in the Packers Hall of Fame, uh, but he got he his career got cut short. Oh, he was an absolute unit, Super Bowl champion. Was it safety? Name? Or yeah, I don't know. Was it Chuck Cecil? No, 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 no. This is in the 2009 championship. Oh, oh gosh, um, man. um, Nick Nick Collins. Nick Collins. Nick Collins. I love I love watching that dude. He he was that guy was a, you're that right. guy was a player. He not but, but we've had, had, yeah. we just had good players there, man. That's a yeah. position we've been, again like you have a you you have a, a wealth of uh, of talent in one spot, yeah. man. I, I remember like Leroy Butler started the Lambo leap, like he was the guy. Man. The Butler did it. Who right. did it? The Butler did it. Every time <laughs> exactly. he get a pick, we like yeah. win a game. They'd be like, "Who did it? The Butler did it." Ha <laughs> ha. Yeah. I remember those. So, I was who do you got in that game, though? Who do you got in the? Uh, so that Bills Chiefs game is going to be that's going to be a good matchup. 
Oh, yeah, it's going to be a good matchup. I I mean, that's going to be the toughest decision of a game right there because the Bills defense is going to probably be the perfect matchup for that Kansas City wide receiver core and Pat Mahomes. Um, and then, then boy of down from there is going to just be – and then so, shoot. It's tough, right? I, it, That's tough because, like I said, I see that, that Bill's defensive that in back Kansas end. In Kansas City, though, A.G., in Kansas City. In Kansas City. I think and that I, matters. I think a little matters a little bit, obviously, because it's a, you know, it's a road trip. And I think those guys, like I said, Micah Hyde and the other safety, they got the leadership on that where a road trip ain't nothing to them. It's just another part of the deal, and I think it's the communication not, on offense. So that's the that stadium is. I don't know if you've been there. Like, oh, we did, for the you and I no, didn't I play there together. No, I played yeah, in yeah, Seattle you, when I was in Seattle. I okay, because you and I didn't and it play gets there. Loud. Yes, it gets. But loud. it is it's different, especially we played there. Um, gosh, when I was in Miami, mm-hmm. we played there in like late December for a playoff spot, and oh my god, yeah. So Marcus Peters was still there. Marcus Peters, by the way, that guy was pretty good. <laughs> That guy was like calling out our plays from the cornerback position. I was like, "Oh my lord, what are we doing?" Hey, really? But story for another time. Right, right. So no, I'm. A, um, I say if I'm a pick, I say it's going to be a tight one, but it's going to be Chiefs at home going to the AFC Championship game from there. That's my pick. And then what about you for tonight's game, Rams and Cards? Yeah, I'm going to take the Cards. I, I just. Listen, the the Stafford thing, I can't get it out of my every time you see a guy get pressured and throw picks, like I'm a lineman, I can't get it out of my head. Right. And the way that Kyler Murray can operate inside the pocket, outside the pocket, he's not quite like, you know, he's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move, he can absolutely scoot. Mm-hmm. And he's he's like his accuracy is I don't think it's celebrated as much as it should be. Like I think I, I agree. I, I think agree. he's a really, really good passer. I've always thought that Chandler Jones was one of the best defenders in the league. They might get J.J. Watt back tonight. I think he did his own hype video, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Their two linebackers are incredible. Simmons is having a great year. Buda Baker is one of the best guys in the game. Like I just love their defense. And if D-Hop comes back tonight, yeah. If D-Hop's back tonight, like I would just go. It's going to be problems. That, yeah. yeah, that's game. But it's going to be a good game. But I do think, that, I do think the Cards are going to win this one. Yeah, I agree. Like I'm watching – quarterbacks the last couple of weeks and their accuracy and then just their throw motion and and watching Kyler and the way he just manipulates the the player that's trying to cover him if they put a spy on him uh manipulates the defensive line when they're rushing like he's like he's full aware of where he's at on the field in the pocket mm-hmm. and then when he breaks the pocket he's full aware okay I know I'm not passing line of scrimmage so I could do this I could pump fake boom 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 and then get somebody open before I even pass the line of scrimmage. But you know what? I'm going to just pump fake and then gain two or three yards and then slip on out of bounds. Like he had a run earlier this season where it he picked up like 15 yards like it was nothing because he's skidding, scowling that and pump faking down the sidelines, was able to get out of bounds, stop the clock with like maybe maybe a second left or two seconds left to help his team, you know, get in field goal range. So he, he just has that one part of competition where he can, like you say, like we were talking about earlier, live in the moment. And not think about nothing else. The game could be his worst game, but then those plays leading up to his team helping his team win, he's on he's on point basically. So um, I, I like I say I say for from a quarterback standpoint, I definitely like cards and Kyler would have what he does with the ball and what he does with himself and helps his team get to a winning position in in all the games here. So 
here. So we want to get into more Black Monday talk with, with firings or what's up? Where we where we at? <laughs> I mean, this. I you know what? Let's save it. Let's save it and give them a, give them a week because I give think I, honestly I think there might be another firing. And, <laughs> and and here's the other thing: like I want to get into like I'm down in I'm down in Texas, and so the, some of the stuff that's going right. on with the Texans is nuts, right? And I know you played there, but I think yep. I think what'll happen is we'll digress into. I, I think we need more time. Got but, it. No problem. You know what I mean? Why, yeah. Why, why don't, let's let's put it on the shelf until next week because you know for yep. me, I, let's just do this, Ag. What's the best spot? What's the worst spot of all the openings right now? Where would you? Where would you? If if you were a head coach, right? Where would you go? And where would? You, where is absolutely no chance you're going? Okay, so we got Texans, we got Dolphins, Giants, Bears, Broncos, Vikings, Jags. A place that I would go because of what they have there and right now. Chicago because of Justin Fields mm-hmm. and that and that defense. I could come in there, you know, get to know Justin, get to know the offensive players, defense, you know, getting to know my players in general and say, look, we could do this um, because of the talent, because of what I've seen so far um, through his playing ability in terms of Justin Fields, but then also that defensive side, you know, not knowing contract years, you know, with Cleo and some of the other defenders out there, but what they have as a whole there defensively, you could work with that. You know, mm-hmm. because we know it's all about offense. The offense is not there, so the defense struggles. They get tired and out, they're beat up. They're humans just like anybody else. But if they're fresh coming off the line, it's similar to what happened to Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Because Tampa Bay had a number one defense, pretty much top 10 defense in the NFL with a bad offense. Right. They get they get the addition of Tom Brady. Look what happens. They they're, they're they got one Super Bowl. They're headed to it, but they're trying to get to another one. All right. And then for a team that I'm like, um, not yet <laughs> or hold up. It's a toss-up between the Jags and the and, and Texans. It's like, wait a minute, timeout. You need me? Who? Where? Um, it just because for oh, both man. places. For Where's both, the jet? I know. <laughs> wait, wait, I want to go home. I want to go home. Can I go home and think about this? <laughs> yeah, give me some time. So, like, I like I don't really have a whole lot of people that I know that play for the Jaguars, but just from outside looking in, you know, the owner Khan, he's a business guy savvy guy and i don't know if it starts with him or if it ends with him or if he's a, this is one of the you know good or bad pieces there i don't know but i know the texans and i know that history because i was there back almost like i said 2007 and mm-hmm. eight and nine when they released me i was happy you know i was like thank you i want to mm-hmm. I, I wanted to go back to green bay and oh wait you know and my my agent you know coerced me to stay and i'm like nah i still wanted to go but because i knew the it was an underlying thing, like I mentioned already. When you have employees in the building when it's Titans Week wearing Oriole jerseys, there's a problem. Okay. <laughs> hey, you know what I never asked you? <laughs> What's up? When you went back to Green Bay, you wore number 34. Yes. Was there ever a conversation with whoever the hell was number 30? Like it hey, was man, John. Like, yeah, we had a conversation. Who was, who was it? It was John Coon. It was John Cool. And we had oh, that conversation. Jesus. John, he, he should have he should have begged you to take it back. <laughs> Damn fullback. Are you kidding me? Yes. John Coon's yeah, a great guy. Yeah. But, but I, I was I, I would have been I I I would have for a cup of coffee. Right, right. I you know, for me, you know me. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. I said I can no, I, I got, know. That's why I asked. Yeah, I'm 34. I take it. I love Walter Payton anyway. I'll I forgot I forgot about John Coon. He was a good right. he was a good player for them too. No, he was a solid player, good a good leader. 
and everything. But yeah, those are my two. Um, yes, I will go. I'm like, hold up. And what? So what about you? I like that question. What about you? So I, I would say this. I think I would say the exact same thing. I, you know, a lot of people are saying the Bears is the worst situation because they don't have personnel. I, Ooh. I look at. So I looked at their offensive line right. tape and thought, actually, these guys are pretty good. Justin yes. Fields is. We don't know what he's going to be, but again, I've now kind of categorized. You have these like five superstar quarterbacks that can win you a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Then you have like 14 guys that are going to be about the same, right? And then yep. the rest of the guys, I, I don't want anything to do with. <laughs> and I think Justin Fields can at least be in one of those two categories. Correct. Easy. And the way that I would want to play offense and defense, the way that I would want to teach it, you know, develop my team. I'm very confident that I could win with Justin Fields as, as a quarterback because we are going to be, we're going to be run. We're going to be play action. We're going to, we're going to give him opportunities to be successful. We're going to keep it simple until he grows into from a maturation standpoint. All right, I'm ready to make multiple reads, pre-snap and post-snap. It's going to be, let's make this as easy for you as possible. Okay. Until you are ready. And then we'll just keep layering it on, but we're going to not going to make you the focal point of the offense. Right. right? the run game is going to be the focal point of the offense. If we have a great slot receiver, he's going to be involved in the run game. Mm-hmm. If we have a, you know, if we have a good wide receiver, we're going to put him in space, give him a lot of simple things to do one V one to open up. Like we're just going to make it that kind of offense. You might, you, you might say, Oh, it's not creative enough to be on Madden, but like I bear, we, we're going to score some points <laughs> right. because we exactly. can execute better than everybody else. And then exactly. defensively, they've got dogs on that side of the, uh, of the team. And what they need is hope. Like they just need That's hope. It. If they just had hope, they would be even better than they are now. They'd be playing at a higher level, like their ceiling would be raised. So I love that idea. Yep. And and yeah, you could like I, I've been in you know, I've been in Miami. And so right. I, I kind of know like there's some really good dudes there. I think they actually have a really good team. Um yeah, and I don't know if the, the whole Tua thing and and but what happened with Flores and why he had to go would really make me take pause because it's like dude he turned that team around like you that that place they were in a bad place when Gase left Mm -hmm. and he turned that team around and people that i know in that building believe in that guy and so for for them to dismiss him after the last two years turning the turn the franchise turn the culture around like that makes me really take pause yeah um but then like you like dude you hear the texans and they're like all right well they're interested in their josh mccown like they were interested. They wanted to hire Josh McCown as a quarterback, as the, uh, as the, as the head coach last year when he was a damn backup quarterback. Like that was literally that was like a legitimate going around thing. What they oh, hired? Hein, they they interviewed Heinz Ward. Like and Heinz Ward could be a head coach. There's no doubt. But dude, he's yeah. like wide. He's like a wide receiver coach, like Florida Atlantic. I'm not right. saying it's a bad deal. It's just like, yeah. it just it, they had Mayo. So you think about it, who they got. They, they got yeah, the, Mayo from the, New the, England. The pastor yeah. from New England. Yeah. And then they got Nick Casario. And they're those two guys are running, pulling the strings. Yeah. They dismissed Cully. I don't know how much, as it turns out, you don't know how much power Cully had to begin with. But right. he seemed like a pretty damn good guy. He seemed like a guy I want to play for. Right. If you need yeah. to get a new coordinator, get a new coordinator. But he seemed like the kind of guy I would want to be around. He seemed like a kind of guy that's a leader of men. He had a good temperament, all of it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just like when I see that kind of stuff, it makes me go like, ah, I don't – you just don't know what you're going to get, right? If you're right. out after one year or after two years, that don't make any sense. No, it doesn't and then make the any Jags sense. thing, Shad Khan, I don't know. Shad Khan's like – he must innovate a lot in his business. Like so he's not afraid to like 
attacking Maybe. left and right. Right. Because he yeah, seems yeah. on the one hand, he seems like innovative and like seems like a really good guy. But then the other hand, it's like, man, you keep hiring these people that are head scratchers, dude. Like complete yeah. head scratchers. Yeah, his life for me, and you know very well that last one was a definitely a head scratcher for me in terms of Urban Meyer. So <laughs> woo! Anyway, uh, we'll wrap up the show with that right there. So uh, everybody, yeah, download the podcast wherever you download your podcast at, and you can follow, you can see the social right there on the bottom of the screen there. But for everybody listening in that can't see that, you could go to um on my block on Twitter. That's O N underscore M Y underscore block on Twitter. And then you can find me on social media at Amon Green 30, all one word on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, Mike, let everybody know where you can find you. Online. Yeah, Mike Wall 68 Twitter, prostitute perform on Instagram. AG, a pleasure as always, my man. Yeah, same here. Always big fun. And we'll be back next week. With maybe wrap this thing up or keep no hell no 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 we got some weeks <laughs> no we got some weeks. I'm, just, I'm just i'm just doing the foreshadowing the fun little stuff you know all right but yeah everybody we'll be back next week for another show and talk about this win that's for right. the packers versus the 49ers in lambeau field so everyone enjoy your week and again happy new year and happy martin luther king birthday or day today sorry yeah. about that all right talk to you later Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Introducing the Dunkin' Run, a dollar donut with any medium coffee, a whole new era of... I'm going on a Dunkin' Run, you want anything? Yeah, maybe a jelly donut and an iced coffee? You got it. Wait, actually glazed donut and a hot coffee, mmm. Okay, back on track. Make it a Dunkin' Run. Get a one dollar donut with any medium coffee. America runs on Dunkin'. Exclude specialty donuts and fancies. Offer valid on medium or larger coffees. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.